Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate David's list now! After what, baby? Come on! There's rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur blossoms? Now let's put those here to test our faith. That damn lie! I, I saw him on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man! None of it is true! I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Deep Share, the one-on-one podcast, the Danunaki Dan Show. We're all here, man. Is this a Patreon <laughs> exclusive? Is this exclusively for, for Patreon? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> and we will have uh, more joining us soon. Hopefully, uh, Dr. Narco Longo will be jumping in the house. as, And hopefully, our friend Giant will be able to make it. But that's uh, a maybe. So how's everybody doing? Just woke up a little bit ago. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for the invite. Yeah, I just woke up too. I got three hours on you, son. <laughs> Where are you at? You're in on Eastern, right, Dan? No, I'm in California. I thought you moved over to like Montana or something like that. <laughs> no, dude. Everybody keeps thinking I moved somewhere. I didn't move nowhere. I'm still here. Oh, I'm wow, still stuck okay. in Cali. Yeah plan was to be i don't know if i'll ever leave or if i will leave who knows it's all up in the air still i'm still hanging out in limbo land and jock it's like what 5 p.m 6 p.m for you over there 5 p.m 5 p.m in sweden <laughs> yeah been out in the forest uh, that's awesome in the morning so hell yeah yeah Dr. Narco longo nice to see you sir howdy mr mr rouse ruse Rouse. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> or the Roos, whatever. <laughs> yeah, either way, it's good. So yeah, we're all joined here together for a nice fun conversation about whatever Somebody whatever we want to get into, really. Juan and I were talking about what the theme could possibly be to default to, but oh man. <laughs> <laughs> History, well, mysticism, all of the above. Yeah, what have you guys been looking into? I've got some interesting ones lately we talk about giants because i really like dr narco longo's last video on giants in florida and i recently learned of the giants of a caldehar i think it's that's how you say it kandahar kandahar and i wanted to ask narco do you think that there are still giants around bro or like are they interdimensional too or are they fake and gay (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, speaking of fake and gay, it's good to see you again, Juan. Um, nice to see you. So, <laughs> but uh, are we going? Are we rolling? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, rolling. we're rolling, man. Right. Rolling. Well, well, here we go. Here's a good one. So, yes, some of that DNA lives on today. Some of the most giants you'll ever find come out of where? Ireland and Africa. Okay. So it's no coincidence these two populations have kind of like concentrated, been deposited into the professional sports leagues of America. Now let's look at the three predominantly watched American sports leagues. You have the NFL. Well, what do we find in the word, the name NFL? Nephel. Nephilim. Nephilim. Thank you. Yeah. And we have teams like Tennessee Titans, New York Giants. Uh, there's one more that I'm missing uh, about big people. But uh, New York Giants, right? Yeah. And um, then you've got the other ones. I mean, that's that's the home run right there because that's the most watched viewed sport, um, in, at least in America and the West, uh, typically sporting events. The Super Bowls, like, you know, Christmas on steroids. But uh, <clears throat> with NCAA, if you want to twist this a little more, so th that one right there is just in the name itself. With NCAA and NBA, if you're speaking, if you're thinking cabalistically, you can manipulate these league names to give you similar biblical names. NBA backwards is Aben. Aben. Okay. Aben, as in Abenaki and Abenakis. Mm. Well, then you have NCAA. Well, what other word has two A's next to each other? A C and N. Canaan. Canaan, right? Canaan, which is where we get Canaanites, the Bibles. Yep. Okay. So Anak, you also have Ananaki, which is Kana backwards. Anak. That's where that's literally where you get Canaanites, by the way, is Anak backwards. Anak, Anunnaki, Anakim is the biblical name for giants, which yes. ties in again, ties in again to Abenaki. So, and that's oh. the word that they were using for the Florida giants, the children of the dawn, they were calling them, the Abenakis. Of the dawn? Children of the, the dawn, dawn, because... They're the they're the titans of the not East. the dong, all right? Not the not the dong. <laughs> no, no, no. I see where they're Dan's going with this. We're we're talking D A W N versus D O N or D A N, as yeah. in tribe of Don. Dan, kind of thing. Okay, yeah. There you go. That's a good connection. The 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 ethnicity that you're talking about too is would be in the Fomorians and the Tuatha and too. Yes, same, exactly. Same type of. Now I exactly which it's is good, the Tua Deanu of Scythia. It's an important distinction because in my in my giants video I talk about dark-skinned giants as well in the Americas. Those tend to center around the Gulf Coast, whereas whereas South Carolina, um, Northeast Florida, down to like Jupiter, Palm Beach, Florida, there was, according to legends and some of the bones. Not only are they saying they're finding five to six distinct races, like not hominid species, you know, but races, distinct races of humanoids in the Florida Peninsula alone, in the mounds, the shell mounds. So 
you could you could say how many races there were, but there was a lighter skinned uh, race of giants that deposited genetics along the eastern coast of Florida, especially, and they tend to go by the name Abenaki. And then you have the Duhar, the Duhar tribe of the Carolinas, Georgia, North Florida, maybe a little bit. They would have bordered Temecula. These people had like red hair, straight red, straight light skinned. And they were very, Duhar sounds like an Irish name. And they were very Celtic in their practices. And the people they met, they met with said, oh my God, these are Europeans, you know, so. So when we say this word giant, how, how big are we talking? How, how uh, wild are we getting? Because I'm curious about this. I've, <laughs> I've been looking into the etymology of this word and, it, and it's interesting to find that in some cases I'm seeing that uh, when you go back to like the Phoenician alphabet and things like that, this means earthborn, this giga before the Greeks turned it into something. And right. what I believe they were trying to describe the planets or something like that originally uh, in that form. But before there's this earthborn definition to this word. Uh -huh. And I'm it's that's so ambiguous. Right. I mean, what could that mean? And to me, I'm making the leap to suggest that it might refer to we were here first. Like earthborn, mm -hmm. as in the chosen ones, or we are the superior, you know, like this chosen is that ones. same idea of this original. And even in that Netflix show, I brought it up recently that uh, the giants in uh, the show uh, Ragnarok, they're just people, mm -hmm. but their giant is like uh, status and their stature right. and their legend. Right. Right. So I'm just curious what how this mixes together with, you know, legitimate claims of like eight, nine, ten foot skeletons and then the wild shit that turns out to be like mammoth and stuff like that if you look deeper into the article. Yeah. And real quick, can can I add something cuz Narco Longo and I have covered Juan Ponce de Leon, he was 5 foot tall. Mm -hmm. And not, not even, yeah. Or for whatever, he he was a very small, so if, yeah. Let's say and let's take that in, in more recent history, right? When they came over and they were seeing the Timakua, for example, that were seven foot tall, that to them would have been a giant because Absolutely. five foot stature for a European man, Spaniard, whatever, <laughs> at that time was normal stature. So when you're getting here, you're seeing a, a seven foot two or a seven foot five guy, like that's a giant. So that's also yeah. the distinction to me because I just covered Nephilim on my podcast and we're talking mm -hmm. about 40. 40 foot tall, right? Like 40 right. foot tall and X amount wide. But I, I also brought that up that what if it was the interpretation of the people at the time? Like, yeah, it was a giant to them, mm -hmm. right? A giant, but not necessarily like what we hear in the Bible, 10 foot plus whatever it was. Right. Yeah. I I'm usually... six two when I stand next to a guy that's like seven foot or six, five, six, seven, I'm like, fuck dude, I'm fucking tiny yeah. compared to this guy. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. And even I'm like, I'm like robust, I'm wide, but even some of these guys that are just like three or four inches taller than me are even way bigger, like in body width. And it's that, like, it's exponential. I would, get, yeah. I would get murdered like in a second <laughs> and, I, and I'm a big dude. So like, you could only imagine like these people that are in their five foot range meeting somebody that's six or seven feet tall with super wide body, even a six foot tall person could be considered giant to them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And adding in the idea that, um, you know, for, even from the box saga that suggests they were breeding purposely to be as large and tough and strong as possible. That's an interesting, mm-hmm. it roots right back to that, mm-hmm. like the ideology that the Nazis came to and that in the a secret occult shit with the superior race shit and all that, mm-hmm. it, it kind mm-hmm. of fits in in that way. Well, in box saga, they talk a little bit about giants also, but it's more of a title called Jette. Yep. Jette is giant in, in Swedish. But that was a specific deity to just go, you know, a Jette is one who travels mm. far. So I would, uh, maybe it's recommended to have long legs. I don't know. <laughs> we just have the etymology there. So, mm-hmm. so yeah is to give. So Jette. Jette. It, it's not more into the met- etym. Yeah, exactly. Very close oh. to that. But jätte is the like j t e. Also t is tour and has to do with offering and the culture uh, aspect. What the book saga is describing very precise in detail. So, but that's what we know from book saga about giants. But I don't. I don't know about statue and. And the physical appearance. I, so saga wise, it was stature and like in the caste system. Yeah, one yet the status, is, status yeah. stature. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yet is more of a title of about a specific function. Okay. Or yeah, within the offering to the to the raw or the moon. The box that represent the moon in this case. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody want to bite? <laughs> well, we don't well, need Nar- to talk about box saga too much. We no, not necessarily. Narco was going to say something else. What were you going to say, Narco? Oh, I could box talk all day, man. <laughs> all but, right, uh, but um, I would say that I think. I'm always like hes- hesitant to critique the box saga, but I don't think he had the resources and his, his immediate family had the resources to piece together some of the anthropology behind some of the mythology. So I think he would have always kind of erred on the side of um, symbolic allegorical interpretations. Whereas if he could have seen the bones, I think he obviously could have, could have woven that into in, into the story too because everywhere you know they're always quick to point out blue eye blue eyed red hair blonde hair in countries that they don't belong yeah but the, but it always they always seem to neglect from the Bach perspective that these people usually were over six foot six you know especially in in like the china the paracas skulls places like that mm-hmm. these are t- tall tall people in florida i would love you guys, I'm sure some of you have heard Tim Bentz or Tim Dents was talking to Rob Skiba and they were talking about Jekyll Island, about the creation of the Federal Reserve, right, on Jekyll Island. Well, that was actually a Tamukua burial ground and there were giants living there, eight and a half 
feet tall and they had eight and a half foot tall skeletons on display precise in the museums right next to Rockefeller's Indian Mound Cottage, right? And the Indian Mound Cottage, you can hear this on the interview, this, this gentleman went over there, Tim Bentz, I think his name is. Um, Robert Sepper posted this video too, mm. is where I heard it the first time. But I just went through Jekyll Island and I was, I'm gonna do a whole Jekyll Island thing. Well, they came to Jekyll Island. They were all in New York, all the signees of, of this whole, um, you know, drafting the Federal Reserve. They all came to one place, one room in Jekyll Island. They traveled, you know, alone, anonymously. Why didn't they just sign it in New York? Why they have to come to the vacation spot to sign it? Well, they signed, they signed it and they drafted it right on top of a Temukua burial mound and a, allegedly a blood sacrifice altar. But, you know, that's another conversation. But they went there. Think about uh, Rockefeller's name too. Rock a feller to take a fellow and rock him, you know, to, to dash him, dash him against the rock. But I want to um, uh, jump on this giant thing a little bit and uh, the Rockefeller and giraffe. Uh, I was doing, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. I was doing a, a show called the 88 and uh, there's a constellation called Camel Pardalis. And it uh, has to do with giraffes. And so I was looking up giraffes, and I came across the Rockefeller giraffe. There's a oh. giraffe named after a Rockefeller. <clears throat> Interestingly, the GI in the beginning of giraffe is also like the GI in giant. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. giant uh, giraffes have really long necks. So <clears throat> I think there's something to that idea of something being elongated with a gi uh so maybe small ant or or you know giant legged ant or rothschild giraffe i don't know oh yep also oh, uh, oh there you go sorry wrong uh wrong, wrong uh elite yeah wrong, wrong lizard people <laughs> wrong <Yeah>. lizard people <laughs> it's okay. i got my lizard people mixed up it sticks his head where he ain't belong <laughs> but maybe the ant part also means anti or like anti diluvian or right uh yeah i've thought about that too time. With the ant people like well i think of the ground i think of gia mm -hmm. like you were saying andy mm -hmm. gia is geo and it's uh it's kind of odd to use geo for earth because gia should be the original root because earth is a feminine concept you have mm. gia so gia yeah means earth and then ant meaning tunneling inner earth titans right the titans were, tra were trapped under a hill under a mound right well where did they bury the the american giants under mounds right, right? and so and mounds ant yeah have you guys heard that uh mounds or she right just this is a little bit of a side topic but um have you guys heard that um what was it Abraham Lincoln quote when he was at Niagara Falls that everybody mm -hmm. quotes and highlights about uh, he mentions giants. I'm curious yeah. if you guys have heard that whole quote where he mentions mammoths quite yeah, literally, like in the sentence afterwards. And if mm -hmm. you guys think that that's what he was talking about or if that's just a 
no, that's just a coincidence, man. And he's definitely talking about giant people. Like, what do you think is, is that about, you know, he could be telling us in plain sight, or is he just talking about mammoth bones? Maybe we could find I mean, a quote and pull it up. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. All right. Abe, Abe himself was what six four to six six possibly. Right. So what's his what's his lineage? You can you, know? you can also see his uh, skeletal structure is not that of a typical Western European man. He has very rigid, um, almost art, like prototypal prototypal uh, um, Cro-Magnon features. Mm. Features. Mm. He looks like a Cro-Magnon skeleton. If that makes sense, so I have it here. If you if you want me to read it, it calls up the indefinite past. Let me pull up the screen real quick, because yeah, you, I think that this is part of those kind of things where people will talk about a certain quote and only bring up a little bit of it, and then when you read the entire thing, it, it falls more into context. So it calls up the indefinite past when Columbus first sought this continent, when Christ suffered on the cross, when Moses led Israel through the Red Sea, nay, even when Adam first came from the hand of his maker, then now Niagara was roaring here. The eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara's, Niagara as ours do now, contemporary with the whole race of men and older than the first man. Niagara is strong and fresh today as 10,000 years ago. The mammoth and mastodon, now so long dead, that fragments of their monstrous bones alone testify that they ever lived have gazed on Niagara. So is he talking about giants and mammoths or is he talking about mammoths? I think, (laughs) I think so, Andy, I think so. I think I'm not saying uh, that discredits what we're talking about in terms of large humans. I'm not saying that, but you know, context is, it is tongue in cheek. It is tongue in cheek. So he's withholding, the, mm. you know is the obvious message i think mm. i think the the telling factor is that he put this sentence in between about how Ni- niagara is strong and fresh today <laughs> as ten thousand years ago yeah and especially you know the ten thousand year mark like why pick that exactly right that's a very specific point in time mm-hmm. it all falls in mm-hmm. line with of course what partially seems to be a little bit controlled but obviously truth coming out about the younger driest period and what was going on then and before and, then and to add to the jekyll island the the creature of jekyll island <laughs> where supposedly rockefeller's was it cottage or or whatever they call it is on that <laughs> mound Indian Mound Cottage. Indian yep. Mound Cottage supposedly it was an altar to right the Timucuas yeah. and sacrifice. Every every single building on Jekyll Island, or building as of like 1920. Since then, they've built all these neighborhoods. But as of around 1912, 13, 1920, you have every building on that island was built where a native mound Mm. once was where rockefeller specifically built his cottage or or bought the cottage was the one that was built directly on top of what they believed was a blood sacrifice altar and they they refer to the federal reserve as the creature of jekyll island they almost like some sort of homunculus and if you think of the (laughs) use of of blood 
Because the thing about these ley lines and these points around the world is that they're used to power egregores. They're used in a strategic sense to use this energy. And now we're getting more woo-woo than, than already of the giants, but this is what they believe. I mean, this isn't, you know, this is what the elites believe. And the use mm -hmm. of blood in conjunction with it being poured on the ground goes back to something that i was looking at recently Pain and where able. Case, so they use it as a sort of technology and it goes back even to judas right that betrayed jesus and when he when he unalived himself the blood that poured onto the ground was right the they had taken the money he had given back right the, <clears throat> the 30 pieces of silver so we have the sturdy symbology but anyways, the point being that this is a technology that they use on the ground. And it, and you can connect all these, if you want to believe mainstream media history, with the with the Aztecs and the Incas, how much sacrifice they had done, blood sacrifice, in order to appease whatever gods that they were trying to, to appease. Again, and again, it goes back to that movie Apocalypto, where the shaman or the witch doctor knew what was going to go down and he was kind of able to manipulate people into doing what he wanted because it was like, hey, if the sun goes away, it might not come back if we don't have enough sacrifices on the ground this time. So I think that they, they understand this technology. I think it's a form of technology and obviously it's on the darker side of things, but they know how to tap into it. And I think Jekyll Island is one of those places where it's not exactly on the 33rd parallel. It's kind of close to it. But it's like somewhere in the middle. And at that point in time, when they all met together, it was the most wealth ever concentrated in one place. I think it was it in history. I want it was like the, all the money in the world was at that one point in that location. So if anything recorded, if so, if anything was ever to happen. Oof. Right. I mean, I've got a, I've got another one for you in terms of creature, Jekyll, Jackal, um, you know, dragon serpent symbolism. Let's look at exactly where Jekyll Island is. Okay. You have Georgia and then Florida. It's right at the border between Georgia and Florida. And actually at, at certain points in American history, it was actually like uncontested um, kind of private land. It wasn't always um, incorporated into a state. So I don't know if it may have been part of it. What would have been part of La Florida at one point, um, fifteen hundreds, and so. But after that, blah 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 blah, and then it ended up in Georgia, and that matters because Georgia, some people think is is named for King George, no no no, Saint George, right? Saint Georgia. George, the Dragon Slayer. Now, St. George is always depicted on top of the dragon, trampling the dragon, spearing the dragon. If Georgia is St. George, then what state is the dragon? <laughs> Florida is the dragon. Yep. Uh, Florida is the phallus mm -hmm. of, Amer of America. So they signed this right at the male appendage, the starting point of the male appendage of America and um, the dragon, so to speak, right between King George, St. George mm -hmm. and the dragon. Where's the vagina of, of the U.S.? Is it is it California? <laughs> I was Gulf. just going to say that. <laughs> the, Gulf, the Gulf of Mexico. Gulf of Mexico is yeah, the, the, wo the womb. Yeah. Yeah. 
The void. Well, miss, the void. Mississippi. Mississippi <laughs> would be the snatch. <laughs> so it's almost like this. What do they call it? They call it geo geomorphing or what what are they what's the term that they use when they actually use the land to to geomancy perhaps and it's a form of geomancy absolutely but they're taking like these actual places yeah, yeah. yeah i mean geomancy yeah taking it'd everything. be like ge geoanthropomorphism something like that and then we have know. this i don't know if this has anything to do with it but the the strange case of dr jekyll and mr hyde right we have yeah. the jekyll spelled like jekyll and then I've never actually read this before, but I hear people talk about it all the time. Oh, yeah. It's a famous monster. Oh, yeah. One of the famous yeah. universal <laughs> monsters. It's almost like a Frankenstein. What year was this put out in? 1886? Frankenstein was put yeah, out. Frankenstein in and and the and the doctor were one person. Yeah. Ooh. Basically, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. So there's that connection there. Again, back to this creature thing that mm -hmm. lives on i mean the federal reserve is still living on and if we want to get technical it's a corp it's a private corporation and the etymology of corporation is artificially created persons by a group of people so we have yeah we have jp it was a jp morgan was in there all these other all these guys were in there i mean all the the biggest names ever and then this happened shortly after the Titanic, or was it before that they created the Federal right Reserve? Right before. Mm -hmm. And then they, they may have signed it into, into a practice after it, sunk, after it sunk. I'm not sure. But they yeah, definitely... Isn't that part of the conspiracy? They conceived yeah. of it. They conceived of it uh, one or two years before. Right. So 1913, and, and then Titanic was... Well, the anniversary just passed, um, but that Titanic... Yeah. 1912, <laughs> I think. I do know that the whole Titanic situation is a definitely you can look into, and it's an allegory for about. Atlantis and Titans yeah. and yep. icebergs yeah. and shit, and its twin Ooh. ship and everything. Also, yeah, um, Olympus. So the uh, Olympus, and then damn, that's bananas. And the switcheroo, the whole switcheroo. If you want to believe that, though, I mean, how I know that that's yeah. floating around, but it's like, how much credibility does that really have? Because uh, there, yeah, there was this other one that I've I've seen that I've seen that before. Because I was I was I was talking was a James Cameron. We were talking about right talking about giants and Nephilim and and this this royal DNA. Well, James Cameron with the whole Avatar, and the reason that he took so long to come out with the next Avatar is because he didn't have the technology. And the way that I've been painted that before, it's like Hollywood will take this. And again, we're going to get woo woo, but they take this ancient alien tech, this Nephilim tech, and they unveil it or uh, reveal it on these movies and they mm -hmm. take credit for it. And that, that's the way I've been. So the whole didn't have the technology to create this movie was they were either reverse engineering something that the aliens and I know, Andy. Oh, dude, that's fine. Like, keep the story the same. Like, it, we, we're, you know, yes, reverse engineering from X. Yeah. Right? As, and so Believe James it, Cameron you know, that's and, fine. and the Titanic, he's the one that went to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, right? He was oh, one yeah. of the first ones. And then we have he's the, the wettest Pacific, director in Hollywood, man. Pacific Rim, where they were coming from, what, the oh, bottom of the Mariana Trench, from this portal at the bottom of these kaiju, these demonic giants, yeah. these creatures. So... <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's always the sea people demonize, right? <laughs> like uh, government and cybernetics basically has the exact same definition, um, oddly enough. And both of them have to do with steering a ship. It's always the what? sea people. Yeah, man. 
That, yeah, uh, if you look up if you look up the definitions of cybernetics and government, they're both about steering a ship, basically. Mm. And they both come from Greek there's terminology, a, you know, Latin. There's an Atlantis James Cameron ship. movie also that's on uh Disney, I think. Yeah, searching for and, Atlantis uh, or something. Yeah, they and they end up coming across some of those big large stones too that um narco has talked about that they found in florida this very similar uh like oh, yeah. donut holes type stones that they oh, found hmm. uh off the coast of uh like kind of spain but also like azores and portugal and yeah. in that in that area of the mediterranean yeah. where it meets the atlantic but the, interesting there's also a town there where they had thought that maybe uh, was uh, a part of the Atlantis colony, and it was called Donia, and so that set bells off for me. Um, but there's that, so there's that dawn again, right? And then uh -huh. the people of Dawn, Florida. So you have this dawn everywhere, or Dan, or whatever. Uh, yes, and I think that's like the maritime culture, and uh, or I think a lot of people kind of go wrong with this, like. Uh, you know, people want to say like Egypt was actually in America before it was in Egypt and everybody's black and everything. I think more so like this tribe of Dan, these people, it's more like the fallen angel story, how they came unto man and they created hybrids. So I think this is where we get the idea of the Moors is this God race mated with the uh, native giants and created these Nephilim, which in turn is like the hybrid moors uh <clears throat> and that's why you get the different colors and races uh of like pirates too if you get into pirate stuff like mm -hmm. the, there's Pyro. all cultural yeah there's all kinds of different cultural aspects to pirates like mm -hmm. they were like they were seafarers first and foremost so it didn't really matter what uh race or creed that you came from if you were a seaman you're a seaman and so i i think as they travel around, you know, they start to mate with other locals in different places. And you start to see like this hybrid type of race, this Nephilim type of race grow into uh, different cultural aspects and different yeah. racial uh, ethnicities. Lots of red hair among pirates too, historically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to put this up. Narco, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, this book is called The American Nations on Outlines of a National History of the Ancient and Modern Nations of North and South America. It's a fucking mouthful. But they talk about Florida in here, and a lot of it's really tricky to read because I don't know if any of you guys are aware of why S's looked just like F's back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. But my God, it's yeah, it's, it's tricky like, to read through this stuff. It's a, well, you just do it with the Monty Python accent. The, you know, the river Mississippi. <laughs> but yeah, they, they're talking about where uh, Florida got its World name. Part two. Yeah, I was starting to get into that just a week ago. I haven't finished it yet. Very funny. But yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever looked into this at all. It's talking about Florida and where it possibly got its name. And it's mentioning uh, this word, sassafac. I yeah, I can't even pronounce it here. I don't know if you guys can Aquaza? see this. One. Yeah, which sounds very. Aquaza, but the Spanish made the discovery of it on the Palm Sunday, by them called the Pascua de Flores. They gave it the name of Florida. 
So it's talking about the Pascua. Pascua is what is Pascua? It's a Passover, means, no Pascua? Yeah, and yeah, it's the it's like a feast. Yeah, Easter. That's the festival. Yeah. It's Pas Pasqua, Pasqua or Pascha, Florida. It's the same in Greek, Pasha, Florida. Um, Pasqua, Florida, Pasha, Florida is the holiday that they named Florida after. But there's two, there's two stories. Some people say it was Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it was so it was Pasqua, Florida for the celebration of Easter, or that they landed there and it was so flowery. They're like, oh, Florida. Pull that back up, Andy, real quick. Pull, pull it back up real quick because there was yeah, he's sure. talking about Ferdinand, which was Christopher Columbus's son, right? Right there. So in, in 1512, John Ponce de Leon, a Spaniard, landed there, but for want of a sufficient number of men, but returned and spent another Spaniard, Ferdinand, Ferdinand de Soto, never mind. So, uh, there's a connection between. Christopher Columbus and John D. And then there's another connection, which was really interesting with Rockefeller and John D because Harkness was one of Rockefeller's silent partners. And if, if we connect this all to Florida, cause it's all connected to Florida. These mm. were the most influential people in Florida, his, in Floridian history where they helped establish, right? They pushed that last frontier through the use of the locomotive which the mm -hmm. locomotive is very alchemical, right? Very alchemical. The steam, the process of heating things, burning, it's a furnace that's literally rolling around. So the Harkness connection, it was a silent partner of Rockefeller and their whole standard oil thing that they had going on, right? And Harkness was is actually a very famous, not only are they connected with the wolf, the key, the scroll and key and the wolf's head in, at Yale, but we also have a connection with with Harkness is a very famous John D. Esotericist. And she's coincidentally, and I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but she's found like all these lost manuscripts of John D. where no one was ever able to find them for like years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, boom, she finds like two, one right after another. It was like it's like weird, but the Harkness name is connected to this John D. And she's hmm. translated many of the works. And it's just reminding me of how John D and Edward Kelly were trying to quite literally bring forth the Ragnarok, bring forth the apocalypse, the end of the world. And that's a very, and Lieber, I think it's Lieber 474, where if you want to believe Crowley, right, we can get into Crowley. He talked about how the universe needs to be destroyed, but not the universe that mm. we think of it as in the mundane existence of man, but the this other universe, right? And it's connected to the tree of life and all these things. But I just find mm. it interesting that that these, these people, and then you have John D. Rockefeller, they're all connected in some sort of, mm. and I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's like subconsciously that these elites are doing this they know for a fact this is what they're doing in some sort of magical way or if it's something outside influencing you know from the outside looking in influencing these people to do these things oh. ah like synchronicity and consciousness how it's just kind of happening mm -hmm. without us knowing it we're weaving, like the fabric, we're weaving the fabric of a story with our independent actions whether we think so or not well, I think of it of entities on the other side influencing oh, okay. on the way in, but then some people are like, "No, oh, that doesn't exist. That's that's too, it's <laughs> yeah, too some Christian, people. <laughs> too Christian -y. 
Well, I mean, you can think of the entities on the other side as that internal, you know, open consciousness uh, influence, you know, that, you know, whatever you can call it, God, you can call it aliens, you can call it whatever entities you come in contact with. Consciousness needs to subjugate itself. It needs to like subjectify. It can't, it, it needs to look in a mirror basically to exist. So it's like, you can call it whatever mm. you want, but we're getting it like reverse engineering alien craft. That to me sounds like an artist painting a picture and saying, yeah, it was divine inspiration. Like you're tapping into whatever you want to call it. I think the, the public facing side is a psyop and they call it aliens, but I think it's tapping into a deeper part of consciousness perhaps, you know, and that can be labeled as many, many things. The bicameral mentality until what year was it that, until oh, what time, right? 3000 years ago. And do, can we really believe that? Well, when the brain could talk to itself. Yeah. And then people would interpret that as like some divine intervention or the voices of the ancestors, et cetera. Well, et cetera. maybe, but maybe when it was happening, they didn't interpret it that way. And maybe the language was appropriated over time. And then we started to think of it that way. That's what I talk about with like the fairies and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the people that originally were talking about fairies knew exactly what they were talking about. They were talking no. about these fair people. But the yeah. story, the language gets obfuscated. It gets changed. It gets embellished along the way. Our words, we see our words changing all the time right in front of mm -hmm. us right now. And definitions in friggin' dictionaries changing. <clears throat> I mean, that's very blatant compared to what is a woman hundreds in? of years or thousands questions. of years of the evolution of terms. <laughs> I mean, one embellishment, one sarcasm, thousands of years later, who knows that whole religions could be built around it. Yeah. What does what does cleave mean? What does Kanada mean? Because that sounds like Kanan. <laughs> Canaanites. Yeah. Canaanites, damn. <laughs> uh but cleave cleave means uh, or center, uh no? to chop something off yeah but it also means to grasp or hold on to Interesting. so the two opposite meanings in the same word yeah right well jock jock we've talked a lot about like inversion and how it's not necessarily always used as like an <laughs> evil ploy or something it's kind of like embedded into a lot of different aspects of culture and language and and ways to get messages across and things like that yeah, it seems to been a warfare around language a lot. I can see it in Swedish history. When you look at the older books, you can see uh, that the language has sort of been restored during certain times. And uh, we're sort of left off with a more uh, originate or, or original form of Swedish than we had like 300 years ago, uh, 400 yes. years ago. So it's quite interesting to look back. And if you look back to like 1200 uh, after Christ, it's even more like perfect. Mm. Um, so it takes a lot of time wow. to destroy a language before, but or corrupt it. But the, the Templar seems to have been working. So to hide something in plain sight, the, the symbolism yes. is always like a flip of a coin also to, yes. into the Templars. to be oh, yeah. appropriated into the culture. I mean, for example, with the, with the military and, and all of that, that uh, the Swede, yeah. Swedish empire, empire came up with this military system with private uh, captain, this, this ranking system we use today. If you turn it 180 degrees, it's a pagan structure to make children also instead of killing yeah. people. So it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, can you break the the word military down for with root? Milliter. <laughs> Milliter. Milliter, yeah. A litter mill, like a puppy mill. A meal eater, like meal, a meal is that's a the in, an English tradition for you, but yeah. meal eater is uh, in Swedish becomes much more complex. But uh, but all those ranks have a different function within a pagan system also. That one is a helm of ten, mm. and then a soldier is a soldier, also a sun drinker, for example. Uh, now, can I give you another one on the soldier? Oh, that's dope. From, 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 the English, uh, from the English language. Do you know what else happens in the process of baby making? The first thing that happens when a child is born, at least in America, in many countries, is that they dye the soles of the feet. So the foot soldier, who would have been very low ranking in this baby producing system, mm-hmm. Food. would have would have been dying he would have been assisting in perhaps the baby making process somewhere along the line he would have been the man responsible for when the baby comes out dying the soul of the foot of Whoa. the baby to imprint on the birth certificate now i'm not saying they had birth certificates <laughs> you know, back, right. back, back then but the foot soul dire Wow, I like that. And just to connect it, to keep it with that, like maybe they did have birth certificates in a way. I mean, I don't know. Like I connect the idea of this whole law of water and like the the uh, maritime law and stuff like that. I, I, I've i been trying to look into factual yes. evidence for this stuff rather than just Jordan Maxwell videos. But like it's few and far between. But I connect that shit right to, I mean, the whole symbolism of it brings you right back to the seafaring tribes again you bring to the seafaring mm-hmm. symbolism it's all well, about the birth of the ship yeah. and all that you know, you know? the seamen yeah the navy the navy real I quick real naval. quick longo real quick sure. before before this escapes you because this is something that i've been that i've been because you just you just unlocked it in my mind andy but this is something that i've been toying around with that right because i just went on a cruise what's a cruise a boat a vessel right and you have these seamen Right. And what we're what what's an alchemist doing? Right. I mean, if you think of of Noah being this great alchemist, right, the, having the vessel to transmute like reality. Right. And we're talking about that connects to the Nephilim and how the Nephilim were wiped out, et cetera, and two of every animal. Well, there's connections to be made between Noah being this alchemist and the vessel symbolism, because it links to like these. I've seen plates. And one of the ones that I saw was. And the Rosicrucian, right? The Rosicrucians are trying to manifest humanity into something else. Well, in the main plate of the Rosicrucian, the Invisible College, the one that we always see with the, I think it's called the something tomb, where it's like this weird, crazy looking building. Well, on the left-hand side, if you notice, there's a mountain. And on top of that mountain, there's a boat, Noah's Ark, in this Rosicrucian plate that I, when I was looking at it, I was like, what does that have to do? And now you're think you're talking about like, the seeding of humanity all throughout the, the 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 globe, right? For those that want to believe in the globe, and the vessel. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. The the semen, right? They're in the vessels, and they're going around fucking the world into existence. <laughs> usually tracing the Gulf Stream too. Usually, absolutely. Most most of the yachts. Ghosting. Other room. Nice. My bad. Go ahead, Nanga. 
<laughs> I'm done ranting. Okay. That was good. Okay. I, like I think it was a good addition. It ties it in. Yeah. I heard uh, something recently that was talking about how there was like a, a, I think it was Ralph Ellis talking about Mount Zion or Zion and Moses going up to the top of the pyramid in Giza. And there was uh, at one point a platform on top of there where they would do their rituals. And so maybe the ark landing at the top is is the symbology the the ritual of which they were trying to recreate or perform uh by going to the top of the mountain or top of the mount zion that's there's what ziggurats you know, were idea of yeah there's always this idea of going to the top of the mountain for some type of enlightenment or Ooh. Type of am i reaching to connect arc with arctic no, and being at the top of the not. mountain, top of the it mountain, is the arc. you Arctic, know, hyperborea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got hyperborea. To me, is uh, hibernia, and yeah. borea is Iberia. Yeah. Yeah, you and I have talked about that, and it's less. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't mix. It doesn't mix with like the map that you see of the the four lands and it being hyperborea, but uh, maybe not now. Linguistics, it does. But also, like, when you look at the Hyperborea map, it's surrounded by mountains, and that's usually associated with Atlantis. So mm-hmm. This is the plate that I'm talking about where you see here. Yeah, I mean, oh. that, looked, that looks like Noah's uh, Ark to me. And this is I from mean, the race. Well Definitely. Yeah. 16, 18, I believe it was. And this is called the... This is called the Temple of the Rose Cross, 1618. Look at that. It's like a traveling church. Where is it from? For yeah, Tom it Wheels. does look like a traveling church. <laughs> so right here, the representation was created in 1604. Spectrum Sophicum Rose to Taurakitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitikitik
Yeah, I mean, the, well, then, Jock, you mentioned the Gotland story, but isn't Noah in that story a female, actually? No. Goodbye, no. Noah. Or am I thinking each, Moses? Each midsummer okay. we drink Moses. to the honor of Noah. Gotcha. I, I was messing, messing up the, the Moses interpretation. Oh, right? yeah. Moses is a female. In the Finnish box art. Really? Yeah. yeah, man. Which is that inversion again, we could possibly say, you know, from one culture if to the other. We made a, I've made one with Caleb and uh, Nova Scotian. It's cool. He goes his name after. And we talked yeah. about uh, this Egypt connection with the, they are talking about the statues are being very female in Egypt, like Akhenaten, for example. Mm. And, uh, I'm sort of into the theory that uh, comes a little bit from the book saga too, that they wanted to destroy the female aspects in Egypt. For example, the Sphinx there was destroyed by Napoleon parts of it, uh, like the tits on the Sphinx and so forth. But oh, it, that's another story. But uh, <laughs> Moses is supposedly had been there. I mean, that's funny because there's pictures, there's all these Venetian palaces, you know, Venetian, Finnish, Venetian, mm-hmm. Venetian palaces all over Florida. And two of the most magnificent ones, Villa Vizcaya, who's the John Deering, the guy who we get deer, um, John Deere tractors and stuff. Hmm. Um, and then you have, uh, this one's good. This one's good for the box dogger too. Um, the other one is Ringling Brothers, the Ringling Brothers, yeah. Circus, the Circus Brothers, the biggest circus on the on the planet. Ringling, uh, Ringling Brothers, they were headquartered in Sarasota. Now that's Finnish, isn't it? A little bit. Uh, Ling is actually so, interesting because the the original king line of Sweden was called Linga, or Lingaet. That's they're penis, Ringling. Yeah, ring. You're ring, you're so, dangling. Right? You're dangling. Yeah. <laughs> but the also, ling, the ling like is the original also the, kings yeah. of the Ringland. Lingus, <laughs> ling, lingam, a lingam. Yeah. And of course, oh, we have the circus aspect from the root language as well. Yes, the circus plays a big role in, in, in the box saga. Yeah. Um, but this is the Villa Vizcaya. Now that is called that's a limestone ship called the Clea, Cleopatra. Uh, Cleopatra's, mm-hmm. Cleopatra's boat. Get the fuck out now, of here. If, if you could see this from above with Sorry. the see that um, the glass over the courtyard, mm-hmm. if that were gone, this is actually a four walled starport with a bastion in each corner. No, and they turn, turned it into a Venetian. Oh, click on that, the pool right there uh, underneath. Please. No, there's the. Well, that, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Monument there. there's this there's this whole internal water grid uh energy grid system wow. uh, with the fountains and it's built right into the swamp that's tapped into the aquifer the florida aquifer so but basically why i brought it up was because in in this palace Vizcaya, and in the other palace sarasota ka design which is venetian well, Ringling was German. Why did he name his house in Venetian? Hmm. Well, but in both of these places, they have Sphinx statues, but the Sphinxes have breasts. The, the mm. Sphinxes have breasts, and their nipples are covered with flowers. 
Interesting. That's this is Kadazan. Vene they're both Venetian with a V. So, so um, modern onlookers will say, "Oh, that's such a disgrace to us, an ancient statue." Little do they know, it's the original form. Yeah. In the tarot, they also have it on the chariot. I know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Nice. So, uh, today we are actually having uh, um, on our show uh, talking to Ralph Ellis, and I just finished one of his books that's called uh, Cleopatra to Christ, where he talks about he his uh, idea or theory or whatever you want to call it, hypothesis, is that Cleopatra's great uh, her granddaughter Theomusa, who was uh, the product of Cleopatra and uh, Caesar uh, having a baby, uh, Thea Musa is uh, the Virgin Mary <clears throat> and there's this aspect so where you mentioned the Cleopatra <laughs> ship there uh, you have this aspect of uh, also the Mary has a representation to like Isis and Ishtar and all the goddess angles right which uh, gets into like the immaculate conception thing too because there was a group of there was like an Isis cult that was having uh, these immaculate conceptions uh, in in pagan times, and so there's this idea of uh, creating <laughs> like avatar <laughs> beings and whatnot. But uh, it kind of gets into uh, Columbia also, and uh, so Christopher Columbus would have been Christ and Columbia, which would have been the merging of the two. Um, which connects into like Jesus and Mary from Egypt and uh, them running away. Now there's some interesting Egypt Irish connections. And another one that Ralph Ellis talks about is Akhenaten and his uh, daughter, I believe Skota and how they go to Scotland. Right. So there's a connection to Scotland and Egypt. And then um, I was watching a video by Kuramiu Ahau and he was going over like some tribe of Dan and, and uh, tribes of Israel stuff and there's another connection to a princess named Zara who was of the tribe of Judah but got uh, casted out uh, before the time of Assyrian uh, takeover and she left and fled to Northern Ireland. And what's interesting about that is uh, in the, in the story, uh, this baby sticks his hand out of the vagina and they tie it with a scarlet thread and uh, it ends up pulling its hand back in and it got, so it got breached and the other baby comes out first. So they had a dilemma of who was going to become the King or the princess or who was going to have the uh, uh, lineage. Right. So, ends up being that the one with the scarlet hand had to leave and go to Northern Ireland. And you see images of the scarlet, uh, the red hand there tied with like a thread wow. around the bottom. <clears throat> so they go to Northern Ireland. So now you have two connections already with Ireland and Scotland and Egypt. And then you have uh, the two of Dedanin who 
in George, I think it's George Massey, his book, he talks about how the Tua de Danon also relate to the Duat or the underground in Egypt. And it was called like the Duat de uh, Tanen or something like that. Mm. And um, so there's a connection of the Dan in Egypt and then obviously in Denmark and obviously in uh, to Tua de and to Ireland, back to Ireland. And then there's the story, you know, where they like met up the two sides and were like, hey, how come you can speak the same language I speak? Hmm. It's like, well, they came from the same place at some point in time. And so they have this language uh, uh, similar. Um, so there's so there's three different connections right there with all of this. And I've been going over like lost gospels lately. And in the gospel of Paul, I'll just uh, let me find this and read this real quick. But Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, in the Gospel of Paul, uh... it's funny oh, you're bringing this up, Dan, because I I just finished the Judas Goat, the substitution theory of the crucifixion, where it talks yeah. about how Jesus was swapped out with his twin brother, which was. Yes. allegedly thomas and the t of the cross is symbolic of t for thomas and how they talked about that they talked about how back then the firstborn when it was twins the one that was first to come out they would tie that string on it and that would be the heir but they're just mm -hmm. so having to be that it would get sucked back in and the second brother would come out first therefore cheating the other brother of being yeah. the heir and they would grow up not knowing that that was the case until it came time to take over. And they were like, wait, what's going on? So we right. have this conflict between the two brothers that happens. But, yeah, they talked about what Twyman so, talks about it. Yeah. So I, I have it here. Here's two uh, verses from the Gospel of Paul. It says, because he had heard in Phoenicia that some of the children of Israel around the time of the Assyrian captivity had escaped by sea to the islands far away as proclaimed by the prophet and called by the Romans, Britain. And then uh, a couple of lines later, and it, it says, and it came to pass that the certain of the Druids came to Paul privately and showed by their rites and ceremonies to prove they were descendant from the Jews, which escaped from bondage in the land of Egypt. And the apostle believed these things, and he gave them the kiss of peace. So what is this? Another, Britain comes from a that's from the Gospel of Paul. So regardless of if Paul is canonized or not canonized, it's uh, obviously an older text. So the fact that they're even talking about it in the mm -hmm. first place to me right. is like evidence that there's something going on there.
I know that the the supposedly Britain was named after a Phoenician term that meant land of tin. So the Phoenicians yeah, yeah. were trading there in Cornwall, which was the first place that the trading was going on with tin. And Cornwall, of course, is also Wait, where the, the Pixie was. I've heard lots of names for how Britain got its name. There's another guy named Brutus. There's also Bridget. Uh, yeah. Well, both of them. Yeah, and actually, Bridget. So there's like so many. I, don't, I bet I they can no connect together, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. See, n- names are never so one-dimensional. Right. Exactly. Always... What was that you pulled up, Longo? What was that? They yeah, I'm trying to pull it up again. Um, In what moment do they go similar. from England or England to Britain? Yeah. Simeroglyphics. Simeroglyphics. This is... It, it corroborates what Dan is saying. It's Welsh. Okay, Egyptian hieroglyphics is taken from Welsh. There's two high old root languages on the planet. I know the Bach saga glorifies um, Swedish, root Swedish, Finnish, Swedish, Finnish, and then English as the top three, and that's good. But we've got to add one more to that list, Welsh. Welsh. What what two languages was it that J.R.R. Tolkien used to construct his old world mythology? Yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't so much imagining. He wasn't creating fiction. He was distilling mythology into fiction that could be digested today. Well, he used Finnish, of course, and he would have been using a lot of the Swedish as well, not just the modern Finnish, but. He used Welsh. Now, why Welsh? Because Welsh is the Welsh spring of languages, the wellspring. It is a wealth, okay? And where you have all phonetic languages, all phonetic languages go back to Finnish, Finnish, phonetic, Phoenician, phonics, right? All hieroglyphic languages were interfaced to runic-based writing mm. systems with Welsh this is a fact. Welsh is the pic- pictographical um, equivalent of Phoenician. It could be interfaced at any country with a pictographical language. So in this case, it's Egyptian. And where do you find the most gypsies? Gypsies mm. in Egypt, right? Well, where else do you find gypsies clumped Russia. up together? Well, yes, but Ireland. Ireland oh, is right, famous. yeah. Famous, famous for their gypsies and um, the Irish travelers. And here you have this book. This was, I learned about this from a gentleman named Ross Broadstock. Ross Broadstock. He was Welsh. He is the go-to guy for this information. He wrote this book and it was uh, using the works of this guy over here, some, Alan Wilson, Okay, and a couple other guys. Well, this book is a home run, but Ross Broadstock here dropped dead live streaming on YouTube. Now, I don't know how healthy he was, and I'm not like, um, you know, theorizing, but his work that he was in the middle of, of unveiling was cut short. And he literally had a heart attack live on YouTube. Um, so what? his work, his work seemed to be pretty on the money and mm. he can read Egyptian hieroglyphics, dare I say, better than anybody using Welsh, the Welsh language. 
You know, it almost it well, just I'm not kind of, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> there's I'm taking this into a kind of a weird psychological human behavioral type place, but it's interesting to think that like you have the analytical side and the pictorial side where you have like these two almost you could say root languages aside one another that are just different <clears throat> sides of the brain operating almost mm -hmm. where you have this more logical logic and then you have the picture and i think that i think that probably speaks volumes about like the central feud of humanity probably the, uh -huh. di and the difference in ideology at the well, core of it if phonetics comes from finland or mm -hmm. the phoenicians where does picture pictures come from from the pixies from the pics yeah the there was a norwegian uh, professor who was studying language and he said that there was two major uh language groups on the planet and the more finnish i would say uh he claimed that one of these types were um two-dimensional and uh, the root or the Germanic language group is more uh, three-dimensional in in like in the cognition. How we, yeah. He, mm -hmm. I don't remember I if I can tie I don't that remember the the name of this guy, but it's a quite interesting read. Yeah, I'm always wondering uh, if we could tie that to like you know the old versus new idea that I bring up often, like you know sticking with the the natural world and staying in that closed cycle or the new world, the new way, the branching off, the escape from the old patterns, you know, two dimensions to three dimensions. I've got uh, uh, two more things uh, to connect, and that is um, the, the Stone of Destiny or Jacob's Pillow uh, from the Bible is also uh, was transported to Ireland and put on top oh. of Mount Tara. Yes. Uh, where yep. they crowned and christened king. So Tara. So... <clears throat> That word made me think of like Tartaria. And so I looked up like tar, what tar meant. And tar means tr uh, tree. Um, mm -hmm. And then Tara means star. So tree and star. So where do right. we see like the imagery of symbolism of tree and star? Like yeah. a Christmas tree, right? Yep. Uh, the star uh -huh. of Bethlehem. There's a connection to Isis with that star too. And then also like in, in magical fairy wands, right? We have like a, a, a piece of a branch with a star on it. Um, so there's an interesting connection to Tartaria, the mounds and uh, Tara. And I think that Tartara, Tartaria is like the Tara ter territories, which is like all the encompassing lands of, you know, uh, the tribes of Israel. Real, real quick before I forget, you're saying tar, but what about tor and the e in root language? And you know, it's the, female the, also. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, tar, 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 they, they mean tree. So, well, tar is inside of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The tar. Uh, I can, you know, they have a they have a title yeah. in Finnish that is called Kuninga Atar uh, for the high woman or the because she takes mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. takes the seed. She, you know, is this why it's Torah? Is that why they call it a Torah? 
Well, that's why I was connecting it to Thor, like Thor, Thor's hammer, the tree, the trunk, like, and the Mm -hmm, star above mm -hmm. the, that's why I meant the E, the the lower, the lowercase I in English. This is about Moses language and the the burning bush in the North Pole. That could have been a tree. I mean, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Tree symbolism seemed to well, be I think repeatable when it came Absolutely. to when it comes to paganism. It's all like yeah different yeah, details in just the leaves. You can see it in the when you look at the heraldry, and so it's so much details into. I I think that the secret when you try to unlock, you know, the secret behind the especially like fifteen sixteen hundreds. Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, like weapon shields and heraldry, uh, it, the secret is inside of the the deciphering of the nature, you know, the leaves and trees and all this, this kind of symbolism. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to figure out when you don't have the the pagan aspect because they were still around. Those who knew about this kind of symbolism. Yeah, using it in plain sight. Yeah. And you were talking a while about, um, you know, we've gone over it on our show's Roots of Creation sometimes about the uh, Gustavasa and like the, you know, returning of the pagan ways and how they were kind of being used, you know, in plain, hiding in plain sight when they kind of took back the throne in Sweden. And I'm curious if, I can't remember if you said they ever had, they ever got overthrown or if that's still what's going on today. There were four forces from France uh, with the same movement of the Napoleon age that they they went infiltrating via the the orders. The Sweden had their own order called Seraphim Order, is the highest. The Seraphim Order of the Seraphim is the highest uh, like Templar order in Sweden, and it was controlled by the king. So they had like parties and masquerades with those people also, but they were infiltrated this way via forces from France called the Illuminists. And this Adam Weishaupt story and all of this is in the same branch. Okay. But it's interesting, uh, this turning, because this Rockefeller types and Wallenberg and Rothschild and all these types seems to belong to the same network. Like you, you can say it. You. Lizard people, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's like the fake Jews, I would call them, the Russian Jews or something like that. Hey, Jock, what do you think? What do you know about this symbol? You <laughs> see this? Where is this from? Well, you tell me where this is from. <laughs> I'm thinking like uh, it's, a, it's a part of the offering on the female side, perhaps. Well, I'm just saying this. this is like a typically Finnish or Swedish symbol, right? Yeah. North, northern european this yeah. is found in this is found in florida or at least mm. exact exact replicas are found in florida this one might might be mississippi or tennessee but this is mississippian culture okay. southeast united states where they have the medicine wheel there or the rusty uh-huh. yeah. the four cross the looped the looped cross is the kind of the unspoken national symbol of finland is the looped the looped square and and the eight uh, eight pins? It's like the eight powers yep. going uh-huh. out from the rust. Four four yeah. winds. Four you got Thor across the, the North Thor's, Pole. Yeah, the, Thor's this, cross in the middle. Yeah, it's a rusty or the information center, a Ringland I mean, these, center. 
And it does these look like wood... the female side because they have like the spawns going around yeah. the edges. Mm -hmm. These eight, these woodpeckers, four woodpeckers are, are mm. rare, rare Florida woodpeckers, and they're making a swastika. They're making yeah. a sun, a sun wheel sure by looking each direction. The but wheel. Yeah. Now this symbol exactly comes out of Swedish and Viking um, stone carvings. Yes, well, why? Found, found similar, yes. Yeah. Now this in Florida is unlike any other Florida, sorry, any, unlike any other American artifacts, but they find these in Florida. And um, what's that? Southeast United States, like I said. What do you know what it's made out of? It's a shell. Oh. This one, I think, is, is shell. Oh, wow. It's carved shell, like the size of the palm of your hand, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a little smaller, like a necklace. It's yeah, really interesting you have three ways. I don't know exactly where to put that. Well, here, you guys want to look at, uh, if we just look at, oh, no, the looped square at Wikipedia. It's a very interesting symbol because it's one of the few symbols that Apple chose to put on their keyboard. Oof. It's yeah, uh, I see what I know what you're talking it's the about. Command. It's the command symbol. So you're mm. command oh, right. commander, right? Mississippian mm. culture, like I said. Um but you've got Finland. It's most famous with Finland and Gotland, Sweden, of course. Mm. Um is it used as a talisman, Longo? You guys still see my screen, right? Yeah. Just the same symbol, yeah. So that's the looped square, but they have even more precise um, cheese molds. They used to how put big, it on. How big is that? It's like a pendant what? for a necklace. We're still looking at the pendant, Longo. Yeah. You, you oh, you up. are? Oh, I'm sorry. I went to the loop. frozen or went. something. Here, let me, let me go to the other one. I'm a noob. How big? How big was so, that, uh, that shell one? Was it just a necklace size type thing, or was it like? If I had to guess, or... if I had to guess, it would it would have been hanging on the chest, so it would have been anywhere between okay. a, a dinner plate and like a, a silver dollar. If I had to guess, okay, because it, it would have been sometimes the the sometimes it have something big, but it would have been like a charm for a necklace. But then it's interesting they decided to put it on the Apple, uh, on the uh, computer. Yeah. Just like the Bluetooth symbol is, uh, it's, yeah, also it's... Has Norse roots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this King, is this King is Bluetooth. <laughs> this one com comes out from the Lumalunda Grotto. You can see it in the style. Yep. Yes, uh -huh. you see the Gotland Visby. Lots mm. of serpent imagery. Yeah. So this was used to show it says place of interest at the top of the definition. So it was like used to 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 show a significance of an area or I don't know. I would track it, especially <laughs> if they're talking about the holy yeah, land in the sense. center. Yeah. But I, I think this may have even um But this they... four, yeah. It it has to do with offering to the Ra or Moon, this four. If you see a four clover, for example, in in Ireland, that yeah. symbology has to do with female offering, for example. Wow. Yes. Yep. The that's why. And I mean, Eve took I... the bite of the apple, so it makes sense that apple <laughs> yeah. would put it on there. 
on their computer. It's the yeah. command, the command mm. key. Mm. Come, come, man. <laughs> come, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it always goes it. back to the semen aspect of everything. Yeah. Right? You have the keys to Florida. Now, you, you know, if, if Florida is the phallus of America, what is the E coming out? It is the keys. The keys ah. of Florida. The Florida keys. Coming right, right out onto... The gene, the gene keys, you could say. Look at the form of Sweden and Finland combined. I mean, that's just... Uh... Yep. Those are the most <laughs> phallic. Yeah. And it's, it's, where, Finland where... is the balls. Now, Jacques... Do you know why I'm? You know why I especially gravitate to the Bach saga is, even though the Bach saga never names Florida, it actually glorifies Florida to a to an extreme degree, because every aspect of the Bach saga, every junction, every change was determined by the Gulf Stream. Yep. The Gulf yeah. Stream comes from the gulf of finland and i just i wish your bach would have taken a trip to florida once in his life maybe he did because in lake worth florida where i uh, came from i'm in south carolina right now and where my bookstore is is lake worth finland sorry lake worth florida which has the most the highest concentration of finnish people outside of finland lake wow. worth florida but where is uh, Philadelphia located in regards to Florida? Philadelphia is up north. up north by New York. It's uh, northeast. You know? I, I know. I know that uh, there was, you know, during sixteen hundred, there was a lot of Finnish people colonizing. Yeah, uh, and Minnesota in, too. In in Philadelphia specific, that was called like Nia sure. Sverige or New Sweden, but they mostly sent Finnish people because <laughs> they were like robust and couldn't handle the natives there. So. so the reason, the unofficial reason, now supposedly the Finnish just came there for the weather and the, the sailing opportunities in Lake Worth, Florida, which is where Palm Beach is, by the way. So Lake Worth is just a the unfancy way of saying Palm Beach. So Palm Beach is the fancy island where Donald Trump lives and Epstein and and um, not to group those guys in together. I do not. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> those guys all live there. Palm Beach. Well, right across the canal is Lake Worth, where all the Finnish people live. The Finnish. So why is this uh, significant? Because right there is where the Gulf stream comes closest to land so the gulf stream crosses the atlantic and comes right closest to florida precisely where the finish i know we've talked about this before andy and dan mm. um, about the gulf stream coming into florida almost touching land right there because the bahamas are like a choke point where the Gulf Stream squeezes between the Bahamas and Florida. And right there, you have Lake Worth, Florida. Now, the Gulf Stream then goes around Florida, and it actually originates in the Gulf of Mexico, which I wish your Bach would have known this, St. Petersburg, Florida. St. Petersburg, Florida is almost exactly where the Gulf Stream originates. 
So you have the Gulf, the Gulf Stream going from St. Petersburg, Florida, to St. Petersburg, Finland, which used to be Finnish territory. Mm. Now it's now it's <laughs> Rush. Now it's Russian St. Petersburg. But before it was St. Petersburg, that was Finnish land. So Gulf to Gulf, Finland to Florida, St. Petersburg to St. Petersburg. And how far away from um, Palm Beach is the Bach Tower and all that? It's right in between the two places I was just talking about. So Palm Beach. So Lake Worth. Lake Worth is right. If this is Florida, right? If this is the peninsula of Florida, this is the East Coast. Lake Worth is right here. Okay. And then um, St. Petersburg is up here. Up a little bit and on the other coast. Well, Bach Tower is pretty much right, right in between them. Bach wow. with a B-O-K. Now, the other place on the planet where we have a place called Bok Tower, B-O-K, I think it's in Alabama, it's in an anomalous location that they call the center of the universe. What? Because it's a place, there's a tower, it's a banking tower called B-O-K. What's B-O- the name? Center of the universe, Alabama, Bok, B-O-K Tower. And oh it's, my God. it's this place where you can like clap or shout and your, your, your voice is canceled out. I've heard of that. It's this anomalous place. It doesn't matter whether it's built into the concrete, whatever it happens. And it, it's right in front of the Bach tower. Be okay. So yeah, that's look that right. up. Well, let's, Juan, you looking that up? Let's get that up on the screen. Yeah. I can't pull it up. Cause narco narco oh, here. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm sorry. Narco's messing <laughs> it up for us, man. But yeah, I've seen this. You posted this on your on your Instagram, Narco, a little bit yeah. ago. It's like at a university or something like that. Yep, oh, okay. It. I remember you posting something about this. This is Oklahoma. Yep. No, do you know? Do you guys know what Oklahoma means, by the way? Just to cut in, like I'm starting no, very. It. Uh, Bring it on. <laughs> ejaculatory with this information. <laughs> That's all in but, the um, same theme. <laughs> the Oklahoma. You have oak. Okay, but oak means red in Native American. Okla. Like okra, okra, okra yeah, red, red ochre, ochre, right. red ochre. So okla, and then homa is like homo or human, homa. So the, the red people, Oklahoma, the red people. Look it up. Oklahoma means red people. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is the center of the universe, marked by a worn concrete circle, approximately thirty inches in diameter. In the middle, overall, the center is a little more than feet. When when a person stands bricks. in the center, somehow whatever they say will hear an echo, while everyone around won't hear the echo. What? Wow. Yep. And of course, you notice that it was made with thirteen bricks. And there's some interesting ley line. That yes. Being that, that tower that you see is the Bach tower b-o-k tower he's got little people on a little homunculus on it bro yeah. got a pyramid and a boat on top a pyramid and a boat on top with a ton of a people boat? underneath i don't know if it's a boat or not but <laughs> I mean, dude it looks hey you know I what else could it connection. be it looks very similar <laughs> they got it's one never gonna white look exactly the same they got one white dude on there yeah one <laughs> <laughs> It's Lemminkainen. That's Narco. Somebody right probably there. colored that's... it in like that. They're like, hey, one of them should be white. That's Oklahoma in 2030. <laughs> the wow. diversity thing. But now, now, Jock, <laughs> if, if Jock has never seen Bach Tower, Florida, 
I'd love to show him that. Yeah, um, pull that up. So he's on the loop. <laughs> it won, yeah, yeah. If you don't mind while you're at it. Oh, and by the way, the Tulsa or Tula tribe, Tola, Tulsa and Tula, the tribes that would have those names would have came from around that area. Ooh. So the story of this, this of this tower is that it's Isengard. It's built on Iron, iron Mountain. Mountain. Like Tolkien had Iron Mountains Dude, where, yeah. the, where the dwarves lived. Oh, do we have some gravy? Yeah. <laughs> so much gravy here. Yeah. <laughs> we got the, we got the juice, bro. We got the juice, but this is the inside of it. Now we got the star here again. What's very in the middle. Very Masonic. Yeah, it's like it, trees coming out the sides. What's in the middle of the star? It looks like uh, That's sacred symbol. Let's see if we can see it here. Like a flower of life, almost. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it looks like flower of life, maybe. Pro. Mm. Could be oh, a waffle, it's a straight line. Yes. A waffle. It's a it Lego Myego situation. It could Lego be. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's, uh, that's where they make the Sunday waffles. Got the so. What is that animal? But as Jock was saying, look at all the greenery and the and the stuff like that. That's probably where a lot of the symbolism is. The flowers and everything. The what if that's cross behind the star? What if that's a way to manipulate reality? Lego my ego, and they've been putting this in like in front of us this whole time. Right? Well, that is interesting because it's a grid. It's not a flower of life. It's a grid, and both Longo and I thought you it was know. the flower of yeah. life from a distance. Lego, yeah, it's very quite the opposite. Lego my it ego. Also, it also <laughs> looks like the legendary symbol. Uh, the the production company legendary. Yeah. Uh, there's that. It's the film company, you know, but the legendary one is like a Celtic knot, but it's very similar to that. Got all these animals. Got the a deer. cock here, yeah. A, a, a dodo bird or something. Got a ram. Wow. A fox. Rabbit. Rabbit. Looks very possibly astrological. Well, know. there is an astrological um work. A sundial on the outside. There's a sundial with the signs of the zodiac. So it's a functioning astrological calendar right, and, the... and hour and minute clock. And on the door, the door the has an door engraving. Man. Oh god. Um, this the... is unreal. Scenes of Genesis. Looks like, uh... You you want to know what what I've been finding out digging into stuff like this? That's a solid gold door. They they tell people in any place like this that it's a brass door. This is a brass door, so that no nuts go and try and saw it off and take it for themselves. <laughs> for example, there's there's entire ships sunk off the coast of Florida that are labeled as copper ore, right? Look at all that. Mm-hmm that people go down on and search and dig for and it's like it's the... solid gold. They're oh, gold? Man. What? No, I'm not oh. I'm not saying I know for sure this door is gold, but there's a chance that it's gold and that they say that it's I mean, lost. if you're going to build this, look at this. If you're going to go into that much intricate detail, I mean, you're you're already balling out right with this big tower that you have your your little wizard tower that you have. Why not just ball out and make the door gold? I mean, look at this whole thing. Look at it. Yeah. And then look mm-hmm. at this. And so the story goes that it's built on Iron Mountain, and there's an anomaly on this mountain where allegedly it was the crash place, a crash site. And look at the sundial right here a crash site of a meteorite, and that the local indigenous people worshipped this site because of its magnetic. Yeah, properties. Now there's a an anomaly where cars go 
up the hill backwards the local right. the local school the their mascot is the the casper the ghost so they got like a, a ghost mascot <laughs> you've also it's the iron oxide in the ground is where you get iron mountain from so and yep. this dude is buried here bro yeah right here interesting you have a lake there too it's a moat around the tower it's a moat and there are the gnomes of Bach Tower. So there's a story of, look at this. We haven't ever seen this before, Narco. It's this. the Robel Tower, perhaps. The Robel yeah. Tower. And this, the guy who made this, his last, his name is Edward Bach, by the way. Jock, B-O-K. But it's, it's interesting. A lot of the original, like Templars, is said to flee to uh, America. In 1800, when the Gusta, when the Vasa dynasty fell in yeah. the same time, he was and, Dutch. Yeah, and the Dutch they were very, you know, close to to the Swedes also. Yeah. And now an another thing here, Juan. Why why do they put the scenes of Genesis on this tower? Well, because Florida's the Garden of Eden. But another point is that <clears throat> is that if you raise the sea level on Florida by I think 50 meters you raise the sea level on Florida all of peninsular Florida is going to disappear except for the little hill that that tower is standing mm. on so nice all point. all of Florida disappears and then that little dot that's left an island that would be left would have this tower at the very, very tippy top. So mm -hmm. meaning after a biblical flood, only this little point with the tower would be sticking up out of the water in Florida. And thus you have the scenes of Genesis and all of the uh, scenes of Noah's Ark etched onto this. Well, they knew about the, the rising of the sea levels and all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also embedded into the book saga and that that kind of mythology. Look at yeah. when they were building it. Look at that. Yeah. Bok Tower construction. Yeah, the parallels are very. very oh, here I've got a picture for you. Oh. Can I show you guys this? Yes, yeah, you please. can share your screen. Now. Have you guys seen the the, the carnival, Assyria? The 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 carnival what? The carnival. It's a less known HBO series about. No. Oh, uh, carnival. It, carnival. Carnival. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, about the gypsies, man. The traveling yeah. circus. Absolutely. And, and they are like remnants of these Templars. But they are like those scary people going around telling stories, fortune tellers. Mm -hmm. And then you have like Satan embodied or this dark character uh, being this priest. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch that show, dude. Very, I, was, I was much younger when I watched that show. Yeah, but it's worth looking into. Mm -hmm. There's something there with the, with the Templars and the, and the, you know, sort of this battle against the the Catholics, and uh, I think it's very interesting. Mm. What do we got? Oh my God! So this is back in time. If it was, if it was under fifty meters, 
That's yeah. Wild. Now, now, if you if you continued to raise this, um, you know, foot by foot, meter by meter, these other islands would disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, this one up here possibly might might reduce to a speck, but right here on this ridge is you have Iron Mountain, which mm-hmm. which certainly would be the last piece of land sticking out of peninsular Florida. And cool. that's that's why they built that tower there. Just in case, I don't know, just in case the those, you know, uh waters go back up, there are mm. it's almost an instruction manual to mankind. It's it's a type of Georgia guidestone. There's not really instructions, but there's the, the history and um all the timekeeping apparatus man would need to get back on track, etc. So that's one interpretation that's really interesting. of the box. Definitely Florida would be very susceptible to flooding, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because it's so flat. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Yeah, they follow this Gulf Stream down here. They're like, it's paradise. And then the fall comes. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's, it's, so different. <laughs> it's so different uh, if you compare it to like Sweden, who has been under the ice. So we have land. It, you know, the land is still like moving up yes so even if the sea uh, is rising the land rises faster yeah now do you know what's special about gotland or got gotberg um sweden and helsinki is that these places still have their limestone hmm. so how can we test that the box saga is true and um can you know you can verify it uh, geographically is that the islands below Helsinki and in and around uh, Gotland, Sweden, still have their limestone up until the bedrock. So there's there's not any exposed bedrock, is what I'm saying. So the glaciers did not carve those areas no. out. Wow. Meaning, and see this, you see this um, water line right here, mm-hmm. where where up here at the Panhandle of Florida. The water line has not changed very much. Well, right there is where the, all glaciers would have been stopped dead in their tracks. Why? Because in this crest, you have the most highest magnitude pumping of freshwater springs on the planet, meaning the water coming out of this Gulf of Mexico. This is where the Gulf Stream comes from, by the way is the spring water of Florida, which is fixed at 72 degrees, no matter what, even if it, if it bumps into ocean water, if it bumps into swamp water, it, yeah, 72 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, Mm -hmm. it is stuck there. Some say 68, but that's like a cold spring with no sunlight. But once um, it comes to the surface, 72 degrees, that is what, melts the ice prevented the ice from touching any of the gulf of mexico any of the glaciers from disturbing the caribbean and this is why i maintain florida as a garden of eden now of course it's not the garden of Odin. it's not the garden of Odin or odin but in terms of a safety a safe haven of humanity from which philosophy and arts and uh various types of produce and you know high high uh high degree of genetic um, manipulation in terms of fruits animals you want to talk about the sphinx old ass people 
tall ass people. Yes, tall yeah. people. Oh, I um, said old, old fucking farts. Yeah, old people. <laughs> That's it. I said a high, a high level of humanity, but it's like the capital of old ass people. Yeah, uh, yeah, not modern Florida. I'm talking about, but it's all. This is a garden of Eden in terms of if you're making a garden, what's the first thing you do? You choose. You either choose or you produce the flattest land you have, meaning. You choose the flattest plot and the most irrigated, and then you plant accordingly. Well, that's Florida, and it has been for at least 30 million years, believe it or not. So, blah, blah, blah. And also, with that said, if you want to come join the cult of Dr. Longo, you can email us, (laughs) drlongo at gmail.com. And submit your applications. We're only going to be choosing the strongest, smartest people. So mm-hmm. just, beautiful. You know, from, yeah. from the yeah. when the Ragnarok <laughs> comes. If you have blonder hair than Narcolongo, please shoot us an application. Yep. <laughs> no yep. fake highlights. Damn, man. <laughs> there you go. My Juan. Heads are royalty. Juan's yeah. getting the hang of it. Exactly, bro. We got we have to keep right. We're we're at the at the, the on the phallus of America. We have to keep this this genetic bloodline alive, whatever that means. But also, doesn't America come from something that means feathered serpent or dragon Amaluka. or something? Amaluka. Yeah, Amaluka is the, uh, yeah, ah. it comes from all the Mesoamerican gods and everything, the Quetzalcoatl, the Kokulkan, this mm-hmm. plumed serpent, the land mm-hmm. of the plumed serpent. And yeah. so, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, I was saying that and going, wow, so it's aliens and, you know, but now... With the box saga and and everything it's that Doctor Nakalongo has has given us, like we have a lot of different reference points to see how. And Dan pointed out recently, recently to me, in just a very plain way, it's it's such an important point to make that when you look at the early stories of Genesis, you're looking at a at a populated planet, you're looking at already established places and kingdoms and so i mean we have to really put that into context when we're thinking about what's mystical and what's human and what's part of our history and what we can actually untwist and lay lay out flat for everybody because a lot of people kind of get on this train where oh we're never going to know what really happened i think Mm -hmm. we all are here to stand a test to that to say no we can definitely untangle this and figure it out it's just going to take a lot of uh you know uncomfortable uh history <laughs> and a lot of uh deep research just spending less time at starbucks across the board the <laughs> about dunkin donuts <laughs> i don't it's, know it's all about time time about, man absolutely and where to put the mind yeah mm-hmm. but uh i think it's important to choose an area like you florida in this case it's very nice to get like an expert on a specific area well, I don't know if I'm an expert yet. Yeah, I wouldn't say expert. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> like like for me, I, I hone in on like Sweden and then I can, it's a small country and yeah. it's getting easy to track because it's very small, especially throughout like a couple of hundred years, it's quite easy to grasp. And you if, you, if you size down, instead of just looking all over the fucking world to know everything, yeah. it's easier to start where you like live, yes. for example. Yeah, walking through local yeah. graveyards and looking at last names like a creeper, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how we do it. Yeah, look at your own backyard. 
And I, I will take expert now that I think about it. Cause every expert, every Florida expert that I've met has been, you know, a, a bucket of, of retard essentially. <laughs> He's uh, an yeah, expert. Man. I have such a hard time trying to find like trying to rub up against like actual historians and ask okay. questions to them because even like the broad premise of my question before I even get to it, they're going to reject, you know, it's like they, mm-hmm. so it's hard. You have to kind of become experts yourselves. And it, it does take a lot of, research and it's hard i wouldn't call myself an expert either at all it's just kind of uh every day you just have to keep learning more and not put your ego into it you know like i try to disprove what i think you know maybe it is aliens mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know you just don't, don't, don't know that you're an expert yet or maybe it's all fake and gay and it's that's neither. fair, that's fair. i'm go. just thinking about the scene though, when bilbo is supposed to sign that he's a burglar you know have you seen the the yeah. talking yeah yeah the dwarf say he's an expert you misheard it but yeah. <laughs> well, some, sometimes the chat sometimes you're you don't have an occupation until you accepted the challenge you know so sometimes yeah, right. the challenge is the occupation so you don't i understand Absolutely. yeah well put exactly sometimes it'd be like this look sometimes i'll be like all right, then keep your secrets. Then I don't want to know, anyways, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I me, think let that... me sh- share one last thing that I found. My friend, uh, Kalen from the Strange Neighborhood podcast, showed me something, and it's uh, it's that same book I showed earlier, but this part is really interesting. It says the Canaanites or Cabals have been deemed parents of the Atlantes and Africans. They were skillful, powerful, and wicked, inventing agriculture and arts, building cities, blah, 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 uh, while the Sethians invented astronomy, letters, and dwelt in tents. If the American Atlantes were at- mm. antediluvian, they must have sprung from the Atlantes Canaanites, kin of Moses. And it goes on down here to say, the giants dwelt in Talo Toto, the world Tao of the Hindus, where we find the Toltecs. And when we're talking Hindus, we're talking the Vedas, home of the mm-hmm. North Pole. Therefore, America, called also Atala, and once sunk in the waves like the Atlantis of the Greek, whose Atlantes were also giants of powerful men. The Egregori have been deemed the titans of the Greeks, and Atlas was a titan. Although gigantic nations existed in America, the Telegas, Toltec, Toltecs, Toltecas, Caribs. Caribs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Caribbeans. Yeah. The Oak, Oak, Yeah. Being often such, the term giant must always be understood to refer to powerful, perverse men. Mm. The name of Raphaim and Nephilim appear unknown in, I don't have the next page, but. Yeah, this book is uh, pretty interesting. The name of it again is um, who 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 runs the NFL? Quick, quick thought here: referees, refs. Right. <laughs> yeah, the American the nations ref, or ref, lines ref, in general. And look at that guy's last name: Raffinesque. 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 Yeah, Constantine Samuel Raffinesque. <laughs> yeah, man. So interesting. That's an interesting, interesting book. And real quick, I I because I just did an episode this week. I released it yesterday on or what day is it? Sunday, Friday, 
And I talked about how, right, these men of renown inserting themselves into the daughters of men. Well, <laughs> what if it was like possession and not in a literal sense? What if they were yeah. possessed by the it just, woman? Now? It just said egregore and egregory. Yeah. And egregore is, is a thought process. Yeah, a thought form. It's, it's a a yeah. negative thought form, mm -hmm. right? Ooh, but it does, so. it seems to be like calling a certain people egregore yeah, too. Yeah. And when you think about the mixing of races, you know, this is also the Romeo and Juliet story in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about admixture. I mean, and who knows how deep the story goes because we know that they tell these symbolic stories in layers. Yes. So you look at Robert Sepper's work about like Cro Magnet Man and and uh, and things like that, and the actual admixture of uh, our modern man and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting how these stories are seem to be layers of the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again throughout time. They're just that stories, and I think that's I I think it, we're here to peel those stories apart and actually find the truth. But again, that's going to take a little bit of a little bit of time. Grit. Speak for speak for yourself, Juan. I'm not, I'm in the the fast lane over here, bro. All right, all right. hey, dude. You know, to each to each their own, right? Different strokes for different folks. We know I'm that. A, I'm on the highway to Helsinki over here. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So hey, before we, get, before we wrap up, I'm now almost at the finish line. You could say. <laughs> oh. So but before I'm we wrap up or anything, I, I don't want to forget. I'm putting this out on my birthday on May 11th, and uh, Narco, I was wondering if you could kind of happy birthday give us any uh, astrological uh, information for what's uh, what we should be <sighs> expecting in this time period. Man. Hit him with the truth, Longo. It's no. How game, bad right? is it for me? May I mean, 11th. I'm probably gonna have to let you down in, in terms of <laughs> in terms of like the the greater movements of the planets. Um, because I have I have not been keeping up with it. I've been in in my van for the last couple of weeks, like traveling oh, for Florida, filming stuff. Like a giant, those traveling men. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, charlataning my way across uh, the 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 dawn coast of florida selling snake oil and such but um Ooh. <laughs> no we but uncovered another I can, portal i can yeah we've found that portal but um i can tell you about uh just taurus in general sure taurus is, is a time of fertility um you know in in the box saga they say they would try to have their kids around um in the vor in when the war. The war? The war. Like war? Yes. Okay. But war is spring in Swedish. Oh, okay. Like March. Beautiful. Yes. March flipped yes. over. So this is uh, how we flip that. Yeah. Mars. Mars time. Mars rules Aries. And in the box saga, they explicitly say they tried to have their men born as Aries. Now, they, they, go, as far, they go as far as to say all the children being born in march now that doesn't mean aries specifically but i'm coming out on my opinion my informed You're coming out astrological opinion yes <laughs> yes juan you can um set off your fireworks the blouse didn't give it away set off the fireworks you've been keeping for the occasion um but <laughs> so um Sorry, my <laughs> my assistant's being fake, fake and gay in the background. Nice. But um, so March, you have March, 
Mars. I forgot what I was going to say, but at some point in time, <laughs> I'm going to say that they wanted their women, their girls, their baby-making girls to be born in March, uh, not March, right after March, Taurus. So Taurus makes the best girlfriend, the most fertile women come um, from Taurus. Taurus is the most feminine sign. It, it rules the crescent moon, mm. espe especially the upturned crescent moon, which is like a bowl, yeah, like a the bull's horns for a bowl. Yes, like the bull's horns, but it's also yeah. for receiving a bowl, mm. a bowl. So bowl, Taurus. Um, I've talked in a couple of different shows I've done about how the Phoenicians, Venetians, Romans, Greeks, whoever was getting in a ship and crossing the Atlantic to come to the, the Gulf, the Caribbean, Florida, whatever, they would wait until Saturn was in the sign of Taurus. Hmm. So if that would make sense, if they were going to the land of the crescent moon, the land of fertility, a fertile crescent, which in both roots of, of either word in that phrase fertile and crescent are both ruled by the sign taurus taurus so taurus is also where you, it rules eating right and um it rules like bulls they all they do is eat all day right a cow eats non-stop start to end of the day almost and this is where you get the word tor so I learned this a couple days ago. You guys will like this. If you're ever having trouble spelling the word restaurant, restaurant, okay? If you know your astrology, you'll never have to, you know, <laughs> scratch your head again. Because to tour, tar, to tar, T-A-U-R, is to eat. Ah. Um, uh, Taurus. Taurus. So it's not Tor like T-O-R. We're not saying this is Tor. However, in the runic system, the Tor rune is associated with Taurus. And this is why um, it's especially associated with thunder and big people, big tall people. Um, the Tor rune, which rules the sign of Taurus. So, but blah, blah, blah. If you ever need to spell restaurant, you can spell it <laughs> restar ant so you know taurus goes right there t-a-u-r so it rules eating fertility fruit um springtime blooming growth flowers of course so what else does taurus rule jeff it rules money it rules income so it's silver. It's, it's stubborn silver stubbornness the people are yeah if you want to get into personality traits the people are stubborn they're like a cow you can't you can't push them but if you enrage if you enrage a taurus tauruses have the worst temper <laughs> um because once they get going um it's a lot of momentum to stop you know a bull a raging bull oh you're a taurus dr longo no i'm a sagittarius okay sagittarius. i'm the taurus and i can definitely uh, vouch for that and so can my wife they're but both it takes me tauruses. a long time to get there but yeah <laughs> a lot of momentum there yeah <laughs> But, but um, Tauruses are great at earning money. Hmm. They like to earn everything they make. They hoard. They hoard. They they right. like their things. <laughs> now look at look at Juan. Juan's also a Taurus, so they they keep a lot of 
a lot of useless shit around the house. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things. That that things. we do, yes. A I lot love of my things, yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, I've tried to disavow right. a lot of things, you know. Yeah. But it's just like when you think about like, am I gonna need it in the future? And then like, like something goes off, you're like, oh, I'm gonna need this. And my wife can vouch for that. Whenever she's needed the most random thing, I just so happen to have it in like mm-hmm. my bottomless bag of curiosities, and I'll just like dig in there and take it out, and like boom. But yeah, she makes fun of me for that. But yeah, I am definitely a hoarder. Mm-hmm. So now I think Dan's a Gemini. Is that correct? If I remember Dave? correctly. Now, Jock, Aquarius. Jock, what are you? Early. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Like, do you know why? Can I tell you why? Yes. Because everyone's name determines their is determined by their astrological sign. Now, not everyone likes to hear that because they say, "Oh no, my name, my you know, I'm named for Johnny Cash, or I'm named for you know, uh, Bed- Betty Smith, or blah blah blah." Well, that may be the how but it's not the, the why. Shock, jock, Aquarius rules lightning and electricity and neon lights and bright, uh, you know, explosion, um, cyber electricity sparks, right? Sparks. Um, Jacques, jock is the shock, like a from electric shock, you have your name. My mm. name um, my name, Sagittarius, comes from Sagittarius, too, and I could do anyone's name if they'd like. But interesting, yeah, that is really cool. I never heard that before. So everyone's name comes from there. Um, everything. Nice. Is... Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was commenting the cap of a Joan. Is it like the the hermit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the hermit. Yep. Oh, uh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. A Taurus hermit. <laughs> yes, I am a hermit. I am a, a very not anti-social, but I am a homebody. I mean, that's a homebody. Yeah, man. So, you I know, thrive at home. It's nice. Yeah. When you think everyone else is an idiot, you stay at home, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, that, this last cruise did it for me. I think I'm, I'm oh, that must have people. Been, yeah, that must for, be something for a while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hey guys, I got a I got a bounce. I got a show at ten, and uh, Roman was supposed to start it, and you know how that goes. So, I got <laughs> shout it. out to Roman. Hey, Lou, I, I think gotta, we're gonna wrap up anyway. If you guys are cool with that, I yeah, got a bounce. I gotta run anyway. I got a lot more gardening so. to do today. So, this was fun. Dan, Yake, Juan, Doctor Narco Longo, thank you guys so much for hanging out on my birthday party sure, celebration man. podcast. This was really fun. Happy I'm birthday! Into some of my favorite shit. Yeah, happy I love birthday, you guys. Thanks, guys, and Happy I appreciate birthday. you all very much. So tell everybody where they can find you. TJOJP.com. TJOJP.com. Long go. Rising from the ashes. Okay, everybody, just all at once. <laughs> um, old World Florida on YouTube and old underscore world underscore Florida on Instagram. Beautiful. Yeah. Dan the man, where can we find you? Uh, rising from the ashes podcast uh, uh i was doing a thing called portals of dan on spotify and whatnot but i'm moving that to the rising to the app from the ashes feed so uh there's going to be some new shows on there ebbs and flows which is a story 
there's about four of us when we go through the book of Genesis and then uh, the 88 where we go through the 88 constellations and then nice. uh, there's going to be a bunch more stuff coming to that feed. So Excellent, uh, go man. check that out. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Where can they find you, man? I'm hidden. Now, Jock or Jocke Hegstrom on YouTube. That's what I do. Excellent. All right, everybody. Juan, it's been real. TJOJP.com. Yeah, you know where to All find right. me. Hell yeah, man. All right, everybody. Appreciate you, man. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Happy birthday, Thanks, Andy. everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching, and catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, cacisteria. Enough, I got the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>